I just for a second there, I forgot what your name was. Awkwardly talking about things with Bermuda and Gap. Hello. Hey, Bermuda. <laughs> Gap. How are you going today? Quite well. That's wonderful. Yep. What are we going to talk about today? Um, we're going to be talking about the queer cloaking mechanism. Mm, that sounds very complicated. It does, but it's a queer topic and you know that we love queer topics. I really do. I think I mean, that we've decided that we're going to do every second one as a queer topic. Yeah, because we can't alienate our audience. Yeah, but like, also we just really like it. It's yeah, really interesting. We do enjoy talking about queer things and this is quite possibly the most queer thing to talk about. Ooh. Do you... Yeah. That seems true. There could be something queer. I'm going to think about that. Well, there could be, but this is basically, we're talking about queer. So how could you get more queer than queer? I just think you probably can. I think there's a way. I'm going to think about it and come back to you. <laughs> Alright, cool. <laughs> um, anyway, I think before we go into it further, we should probably just, um, for anyone listening, maybe explain what queer is if they don't know what it is. That is true. Do you um, want to do, do that? Okay, alright. So, there's probably two different ways of explaining it. So one of them is probably via history, and one of them's just kind of in its current sense. Um, okay. So maybe in its current sense, we could look at it. Um, so, what we've got is um, queer as an umbrella term um, for sexual and gender minorities that are not heterosexual or not cisgender. Do we need yes. to explain what cisgender is? Yes, I think we do. Do you want to do that? Um, yes. So, <laughs> I think where one way to say it would be cisgender people are people that are born um, and are happy with the gender that they are born as. Would that be how you say it? Yeah, so I think so. if you were born female and you identify as female and you're happy with that, then you're cisgendered. Mm. As opposed to... Well, I guess as opposed to transgender. Yeah, so it's kind of the creation of another prefix, right? So that yes. there's not gender and transgender. Yes. So, you know, quite often cisgender and heterosexuality kind of go hand in hand um, in terms of defining mainstream, mm. do you think? A lot of people yes. will say mainstream is like heterosexuality and cisgendered people. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, I think it's just a term that's still coming into usage, and so it deserves a definition. Yes, you're right. Because I mean, okay. if you don't know what queer is, you probably don't know what cisgender is, so you're right. That's true. Well, maybe you do. That's fine. Good for you. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wait, I wanted to read... Um, there's also this kind of a nice quote um, that is another way of seeing what queer is. So queer as an umbrella identity is able to shift, reveal, or subsume the identities of the individuals using it as social and personal climates dictate. So it's quite complicated as an idea, I think, and we're going to explore that throughout the rest of the podcast. Yes. Um, but it's nice to say it up front, I think. Yes, yes. So it's basically an identity. Yeah. Queer. Queer is an identity. Um, and it's quite often known as this umbrella identity that a lot of different uh, people with diverse sexuality and genders use. 
Yeah. Okay. Um, and it's it's becoming more common, I think, in usage. Um, and it's part of the the acronym now. Yes, yes, it is. You're right. It's kind of commonly accepted. Um, LGBTQ. Q, yeah, right. people are saying yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, like, some people might be aware that some people find the word offensive. Mm. Because um, I think originally queer, like, the original meaning of queer is, like, strange or peculiar, right? Yeah. Um, however, it was used as an insult to, was it an insult for, like, just people that were same-sex attracted? Yeah, I think so. Generally so, speaking, oh, maybe it was like an umbrella term then as well for just people, non-normative. Just an, an umbrella term insult. Yeah, <laughs> pejorative. Um, yeah, um, and so people, maybe some of the older generation um, who have had it used against them, yeah, um, are still offended by it and don't want to use it. Yeah, but just like other words that were reclaimed, this word was reclaimed as well. Yeah. When, when um, was that? Ooh, I was just trying to find that, actually. I think it was the um, around the, the late 80s. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, oh, and it was um, kind of following in the same footsteps as feminists. Um, Once again, who, we have feminists to thank. Yeah, look, I'm sorry that we mention them all the time, but you can't avoid it because... Basically, like, feminists basically shaped everything that we now enjoy. Exactly. And good for them. Thanks, feminists. (laughs) (laughs) I just did a thumbs up to nobody. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone listening, thanks, feminists. One, two, three. Thanks, feminists. (laughs) Cheers. Um, Yeah, okay. So um, they kind of followed in the footsteps of of, uh, feminists, and it was um, activists, lesbian and gay activists, who... Just started to proactively reclaim the word queer. Which is the same as what happened to the word gay, I guess. Like, cause oh. was gay, a, a, like, an insult for a while then? People, like... Yeah, but that was more in our um, younger years. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, but it didn't really... It wasn't really... I don't think it was the same level of um, vitriol attached to it. It was just kind of as a negative term. Yeah, you're right, definitely. Maybe? Um... <clears throat> Okay, so I think it's um, interesting nowadays that queer is like used more to really describe non-normative identities. So like oh, yeah. anything that's considered non-normative, like for example, not heterosexual, not cisgendered, and also not even possibly homonormative, which is that amazing word that we spoke about a couple of podcasts ago. Yeah. Um, and so I think one of the things that we've come across in doing our reading is that there's a really strong association with bisexuality. Yes. queer, which is kind of an inescapable... I think, um, like, maybe we should talk about that for a while. Do you reckon? Well, like, literally everything I've read about queer and the queer umbrella is basically about how bisexual people first started to do it. Mm. And I think... Um, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was. I think maybe I could take a more personal perspective on that. Go for it. Because um, um, I kind of have adopted the word queer as a um, as a label for myself. 
previous to that? Like, did you did you choose something different? Yeah. Well, no. I was unsure about exactly what my label was because I wanted to identify as bisexual, but there's a problem doing that because there's a lot of stigma attached to bisexuality, there both is. within yeah, so both within heterosexual communities and within homosexual communities. Um, <clears throat> there's kind of a stigma attached to mm. bisexuality. Um, and so then I had to kind of go through the thought process of whether or not I wanted to stand up for it. Um, because obviously bi-erasure is quite a big issue. Um, which is about um, people not really recognising bisexuality and the number of people who are bisexuals. And so um, I had to choose whether or not to identify as bisexual or as queer. Um, and I chose queer because I feel more comfortable using it within spaces, essentially, okay. because it hides my identity. So you can be more mysterious. Yeah, and I don't That's have to. I don't have to um, face any kind of stigma necessarily because people don't actually know what I exactly identify as. Well, that's interesting. You just spoke about your experience using the word queer, right? Which yeah. is um, finding a space that you feel safe in, right? Yes. But for me, so I'm transgender, was originally a female identified person who was sexually attracted to other females. Mm-hmm. Now I'm a male identified person that's actually still sexually attracted to females. So obviously a lot of people assume that I'm straight, which I'm not because I don't <laughs> think I could ever be straight. It's just not something that I could ever identify with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I read that word, that little phrase, critically non-heterosexual, and it like really kind of rang true for me. It was like, I definitely use the word queer to be critically non-heterosexual because I don't want people to assume that I'm straight. Mm. And the word queer like allows that for me, because so it's still got that vagueness associated with it. It just means yeah, not straight. Yeah, exactly. Okay, that makes sense. Yes. Uh, so um, I suppose okay. So if you're talking about queer, are you thinking about it in the context of gender as well as sexuality, or are you thinking about it as um, sexuality? as just anything other than straight? Like, um, like a vagueness? I, th- I think that I personally think of queer as um, non-normative. So okay, so like in all me, senses. Yeah, queer can encompass like sexuality and gender. Right. Okay, cool. Because I'm never quite sure... Cause there's no other term. There's right. literally not, there's nothing else. Well, that I'm aware of. Yeah. So, yeah. I think that's why so many people go to the queer umbrella. Yeah. And it's still vaguer than, like, fluid. Like, people identify as being gender fluid. That's true. But even gender fluid people, couldn't they still identify it as queer? Because it's queer is an umbrella yeah. that's supposed to cover, like... Everything. Just yeah, anything that's normative. Yeah, it's just, like, the ultimate level of vagueness. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Hmm. Interesting. It sure um, is. So you were talking about um, an idea of essentialism. 
Yeah, which I found really interesting. So, like, like the most basic way to explain that is um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> essentialism is, like, a philosophical thought, like, from... Um, I think it's it's found in the work of Plato and Aristotle, and it's mm-hmm. a view that for any specific entity, there is a set of attributes which are necessary to its identity and function. Um, mm. So, uh, if you like build on that, you could say that um, it's almost the use of binary oppositions. Mm. For example, let me read something. Okay. Binaries have been used to produce socially meaningful categories in which to classify and understand the world, right? Mm-hmm. So um, that, I think, is a very heavy product of Western political and philosophical thought. Um, but also within Western and political and philosophical thought is this... Um, tendency to see these categories as natural and unchanging. Right. So I think maybe one way of approaching that as an explanation um, is the most obvious one, which is um, kind of essentialism of male and female. Yes, exactly. That's like probably one of the most basic. Yeah. So, so um, yeah, it's binary, guess... right? Male and female. There's one yeah. and there's the other. And you've got essentialism, which assumes particular characteristics are associated with those in- inherently. So like the stereotype is, you know, that women... Uh, um, weak nicer and, and yeah women are yeah. soft men are hard like these kind of things yeah yeah and I like you going for textures that's quite nice <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, so you're talking about it in a in a different context right sorry yeah so like I wanted to talk about mm-hmm. essentialism um, being um, I guess incorporated or even challenged within um, sexually marginalised groups. And I guess by sexually marginalised groups, I'm using inverted commas, um, that really refers to all forms of um, sexual practice, identity and desire that fall outside of heteronormativity. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, like, not just sexual, like, also gender. So, like, you know... Okay, so you're saying um, essentialism in this context is you're interested in things that stand outside yes. of it. Or of... Yeah, how... Or just things that, like, challenge binary. Okay. Right? So, yeah, yeah. Um, let's just go to a quick example. Um, <clears throat> so, like, LGBT or even LGBTQ communities that seek political reform, um, mm-hmm. I think, typically tend to rely on an essentialist notion of identity. Right. So, so that I think that's something that we talked about briefly before. Yeah, because I guess when you think about it, um, the rationale, like, by claiming an identity is that you can form, like, a great community, right? And mm. a community that is bonded and can fight for what they want. Yes. So that's why I think you see a lot of um, kind of... Maybe this is skipping forward a bit, but like kind of like a bit of rejection of the queer from within mm. the specifically gay and lesbian. But on the camps. flip side of that, or like in addition to that, as like a, a way of grouping together, it's also a way of identifying um, in a larger context, I guess, um, where people subscribe to notions of essentialism and therefore are looking for a particular solid identity. And if you're yeah. an activist group, 
then you need to portray that single. You have to, yeah, because that's how and you have you're to have going that message. to. That's how you're going to come together. Yeah, right. That's how you're going to yeah. get people to work with you and help you. Yeah, you have to be like recognizable. I guess it's like a PR kind of thing as well. Yeah. So anyway, I had this like while I was reading all this, which I was like, yeah, 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 like this makes total sense. I was like thinking, like, is the hu like as humans? Yeah. Are we like can we escape essentialism? Because when you think about it, even the word queer, even though it's you know supposed to be very inclusive and it is very inclusive because it it includes basically anything that's non-normative. But mm-hmm. really, are we escaping essentialism because even though we're so inclusive, we're still creating a binary. What's because binary queer, now? then it, I mean, oh, if you yeah. want to think of it, then queer or not queer, right? Right, but that's, okay, yes, you're right. Um, but then the, you've kind of got two different worlds set up there, because you've got, like, this one where queer is kind of the accepted everything, um, and mm. gay and lesbian just falls under that um, yeah. in all facets, whereas you've also got um, queer as kind of like this outside flux idea, and you've got gay and lesbian, which is set up as the binary for heterosexuality. Um Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I did read something about. Are you trying to say like that? The second, like, kind of a second meaning of queer, like for example, queer just like can be the old the umbrella term, you know, used by LGBTQA people to refer to the community, or it can also be, um, I don't know, an alternate that some people use instead of yeah. a, a category at all. Yeah, rather than subscribing to their L or their G. Um, because, the, you know, there's people that are genderqueer and there's people that are, um, I don't know, what other... There's so many. There's yeah. so many. Okay, I see what she's saying there. So is everything outside, potentially everything outside of those first four letters, except that the last... Okay, maybe the first two letters. Okay, yeah, because... No, maybe the first... LGB even because but like, the B is kind of I mean yeah people still identify as bisexual yeah they do absolutely but and I think honestly um, they, especially now a lot of people are really trying hard to stick with the identity of bisexuality because it's so erased these days oh well there's a lot of stuff going on about that like in terms of pansexuals and kind of yeah that's a different topic. yeah we, we should definitely <laughs> leave that to when we just discuss bisexuality for yeah probably <laughs> Um, but it's, it's interesting that you went to the T because transgender is, um, an interesting part of the LGBTQA acronym. (laughs) 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 Um, by the way, as like a small side note, that like, I've never wanted to complain about how, you know, how how long the acronym is. Like, I don't complain about it. I don't care. But (laughs) I really like that some people are using... Sexual, sexually and gender diverse people to explain anyone that's LGBTQA. Oh, as an overall term? Yeah. Instead of the acronym? Yeah, I think that's really cool. Hmm. Um, that was just a small side note. Um, okay. I thought you were going to complain. I thought you were going to say, I'm not going to complain, but I am going to complain. <laughs> but. <laughs> Complaints. <laughs> no. Um, okay, what were we saying? Um, T. You were going to talk about the T. T, yeah, it's... um interesting that you say just the, you know the lgbt because i think a lot of trans people 
quite often flock to the word queer because it's really hard to... I mean, there are a lot of trans people that when they transition, they go, great, okay, now I'm heterosexual. That's what I want, that's what I am. Everyone, please refer to me as a heterosexual person now, which is cool. Mm. But there's also a lot of people that can't leave the community that they were once in, and they can't. Right. Um, they could never see themselves as queer. And there's also a lot of people that transition that are homosexual. So, cool, good for them. They might be a female-identified person that is attracted to men and then transitions to male and is still attracted to men. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's the thing as well. But I think a lot of trans people use queer because it's just an easy word and they don't have to think about They have to begin to break down their mind and figure out what the hell is going on. They just, they right. just get to call themselves queer. I guess that's where I thought you were coming from with the critical non-heterosexuality is... Um, choosing to be something outside of heterosexual mm. and not necessarily having to specify it, which I guess does make it the same as queer. Yes. So I take back what I was saying about it being not. Okay. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Fun. Um, yeah. um, anyway, so what do you think about this inescapable essentialism? Um, I think it's an interesting idea. Um, Do you think it's possible for us to escape this need to have a binary? Yeah, uh, in, I kind even of... in our like even in our best efforts to escape a binary, we've kind of still made a binary. Yeah, no, but I don't think we necessarily have because I think you have people who are identifying very strongly as exclusively homosexual, and you have people who are exclusively heterosexual, and then you have the in between, which is all fluxy, and that's the queer, and that's kind of disrupting that essentialism yeah, because okay, it's fair. putting it's putting forward other ways of being and I think that also potentially um, polyamory would sit in there because that's presenting another way of being as well yeah actually I would like to do a future podcast on this idea that polyamory is actually a sexuality not like a lifestyle it's a sexuality which is an interesting article I once read but anyway we don't need to get into that right now <laughs> okay yeah I have some thoughts about that, so I would like to. Talk about that. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, that's that's interesting. Do you think that a lot of people that exclusively identify as homosexual are against the queer umbrella embracing them? Oh, um, I would say there would be. I can't speak from experience because I'm not really sure how people feel about that, but I would assume that there would be people who identify very strongly with that particular word and wouldn't want to be umbrella. Yeah, I think so too. Because it also kind of implies a lack of representation in your very specific area. It does, yeah. And I think more so probably the people that were more involved with heavy activism for their rights were probably the kind of people that are very attached to the letters and the acronym. And you know how just before I was saying how there's this kind of shift into using this term sexually and gender diverse people? Mm. A lot of people that are really into the LGBTQA acronym are against using that because it doesn't specifically highlight their identity and they want it to. Yeah, and that makes sense. Like, I can see... Because there are those letters, and because they do need that representation, mm. otherwise they get ignored. Um, yeah, 
and they fought so hard to not be ignored. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, there's, there's a point where you have to be a bit sensitive. Yeah, and you have to recognise that people don't necessarily have to be one way or the other, I guess, in terms of labels. I kind of like the idea that you can identify with two different labels, so I can be queer and I can be bi. That's cool. Well, to be honest, there's no rules. You can do whatever you want. Oh, thanks. I'm glad I have your One other thing that I wanted to talk about was just inclusive sexual movements. Because I think that the queer umbrella is a type of inclusive sexual movement. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? It's, yes. Um, you know, um, it's inclusive just by the meaning of it, really. Um, but I read this, um, interesting article where there was these, um, conceptualizations of inclusive movements and like just basically a couple of different academics ideas of, of models, I guess, of, um, of sexually inclusive movements. Mm -hmm. And there was this, there was three, three different ones that I really saw and, and wrote down. And one was this, um, this idea called idea politics and it's basically um, based on creating immunity uh, creating a community that's based on shared beliefs commitments values and goals rather than like this innate um, characteristics and of identity okay so if you were giving me an example of how that would work what would it look like it, it might be like, um, I'm trying to think of a way to explain it. Okay, just like, think of like going to like a gay pride, not, not a gay pride, like a equal marriage rally, right? Yeah. When you go to an equal marriage equality rally, there's, um, there's gays, there's lesbians, there's trans people, there's, um, I'm sure there's asexual people, I'm sure there's, um, queer people, there's bisexuals, there's... There's leather daddies, there's like all these different like <laughs> subcultures as well, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that they all go because their shared beliefs and values are fighting for, you know, every human's right to marry another human, no matter what their gender or sexuality is. So they all share one particular idea, um, and so you would group them together as one group instead yeah. of them being separate groups who identify based on their I guess so. That's characteristics. Like I, I'm thinking that's possibly how I could explain that. But I think also the word queer is kind of like an idea politic rather than an identity politic. If you, Maybe if you squint your eyes and look at it sideways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, that seems true. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like a lack of identity means that it is kind of based on an idea. Yeah. Um, anyway, so there's another suggestion that a politics of location is an idea. So in order, this one I didn't quite understand, but, you know, as a way to highlight the overlap in different, in similarities and differences among individuals. Well, uh, um, you said location, yeah? Location yeah. in what sense? I'm not 100% sure, to be honest. Okay. Um, but... I have a feeling that this could create, if you did go via location, um, are they talking geographic location? Are they talking class location? Like, for example, 
middle class mm. and like lower class and like high, you know, high class. Um, also, I have a feeling this that one is very problematic in terms of like elitist society and like educated society and uneducated society. Like it's just very problematic. Okay. As a way to, you know, create an inclusive sexual movement. What if it um, was geographic? Yeah, if it was geographic, like, imagine that. Because That'd there's be so many different there's so many different cultures and languages in the world that um, imagine like you know all gay people in like one particular area might have different practices to gay people in another area. Like well, that's it's true. Or different ideas different. of what it even is. Like yeah, there might exactly. not be a gay, it'd just be like a location where we think the thing. Yep, exactly. <laughs> um, and there was there was one more that was basically like um, uh, thinking of desire and attraction as clusters, um, and like you know celebrating the differences and similarities without borders separating. I think this is kind of oh. um, this That's is quite visual. Yeah, it is quite visual, isn't it? <laughs> so instead of having two circles in which you're like, okay, in, in our binary world, in which you're yeah. like choosing, um, in my mind they're pink and blue, that's ridiculous. Yeah, it's um, very binary view. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I'm illustrating this binary. Anyway, uh, so if you go into clusters, you're turning them into points, and people are kind of like in the nothingness around that, clustered towards one or the other. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah, that's kind of nice. I like that. Yeah. So you can be like, it's kind of a Kinsey scale, I guess. Yeah, yes it is. And it's yeah. kind of more um, open rather than just binary. Yeah, that's quite nice. Yeah. But anyway, so um, there's one thing that I think might be something to end on this idea of queer. Um, okay. So we said before that, um, you know, a lot of people seek like a label, right? Um, mm -hmm. And I think queer is a label that is a, able to erase a lot of differences and unite a lot of people and make, you know, homogenous group um, with the same yeah. interests and goals. However, yeah. in trying to represent such a diverse range of people with different behaviours and identities and desires and genders and sexes, you know, there's like so many options for problems. Mm. Which is what you said earlier in the beginning when you were defining queer, which was queer as an umbrella identity is able to shift, reveal, or subsume the identities of the individuals using it as social and personal, personal climates dictate, right? Yeah. So, in this way, queer swings back and forth between, um, I guess, inclusive and exclusive stances. Mm -hmm. So, really, yeah. is, this is where I'm going back to being like, is well, is it an umbrella term for everyone, or will it just eventually like, for example, back when lesbians were very in the active activist mode and were like, no, if you if you sleep with men, then you're not a lesbian. You know, you don't get to be part of our group, which really alienated bisexual people, right? Yeah. Do you think that it's not just something that could happen to queer as well? Um. And already I kind of think about it when just before when you were talking about, well, so there's gays and there's lesbians and then there's all these, then there's heterosexual 
And there's all these things in the middle which is queer. Does that mean that gays and lesbians can't be queer as well? They is that can. already, like, tightening the, the meaning? But I think that they're so entrenched as their own thing, whereas the others aren't necessarily. And so the, the kind of the terminology... I think the thing that I quite like about it is this idea of the subversive and assimilation stances. Um, mm. So there's the opportunity, using that particular label, to choose the way that you um, hide yourself, so like that cloaking idea, um, mm. or you um, um, okay, no, not really hide yourself, it's um, you can use it as a way of kind of challenging that idea that you have to be those particular things or you can use it as a label in itself I guess okay, so it kind yeah. of well I think maybe what the thing that you're saying is that it will lose that um, that subversiveness that ability to challenge okay, the yeah. binaries over time if we start to adopt it too heavily and then okay, it yeah. become just another label I like what you said there it um, has you have the like it kind of gives you an option to not have a label because binary society is you must have a label yep. whereas like queer gives you an option where you're like no i won't subscribe to your mandate of having a label i will just be queer yeah yeah okay. which is quite cool that's what I, like that. I think that's that's the main potential of it is that you can use it as like a as a as a protection that's nice and like a nice cloak like a warm yeah. invisibility cloak. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great. I think we should probably leave it there because we've been talking for a while. Have we? Yes, we have. Okay. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, thank you for listening to us awkwardly talk about the queer cloak or the yeah. queer cloaking mechanism, which I like. Yeah. Um, I do too. It's quite nice. You've been listening to Bermuda and Gap. And if you want to read anything, we're going to put some links for you on the website. Yeah. Well, Bermuda's going to do that. Yeah, I'm definitely going to do that. Because she's lovely. Uh, yes, that's also true. <laughs> and she's <Okay>. queer. <laughs> and and so am I. <laughs> <laughs> we out.